Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. Now time for Market View. I'm Ellie Danker together with uh, Chua Tian Tian. The stalemate is over. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Uh, we'll get to that in just a bit, Tian Tian. Uh, first, give us a recap of how we started the day. Okay, first, I must say that we don't have a crystal ball over yeah. here, but we do have, we can bring you some market consensus, though. But a recap of how we started the day. Singapore shares began the week in the positive territory, thanks to that um, no more stalemate, mm. or is it uh, tracking strong performances in the US and European markets. So the Straits Times Index was up 0.7% in early trade, at 3,229 points, nearly 49 million securities changed hands in the broader market. Now, let's take a look at the closing numbers. We do see the Straits Times Index closing in the red. is down 0.38% at market close at 3,195 points. In terms of value turnover, $827 million. Nagainas trailed losers 259 versus 305. Top advances, AMUSD, I fast and AEM Singapore dollars. Top decliners for today, Jardin Psycho and Carriage, GMHUSD and Shangri-La Hong Kong dollars. Now in terms of companies to watch, Elliot, we do have Stanford Land because the company's net profit rose to $184.5 million for its second half year, which is significantly higher than the $15.6 million we saw in the year ago period. Now meanwhile, most Asian markets cheered a deal between US President Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to lift that U.S. debt ceiling and avoid a catastrophic default. So let's break down these movements with David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. Mr. Kuo, welcome to the show. Hey, good evening, Tian Tian, and hello, Elliot. One all against Newcastle. Thank you, you very that? much. Because of you, yeah. we finished that. Thank you. I know, I know. We, we helped you as much as we could. Yeah? yeah. Always, I can always depend on you, David. You owe us now, yeah? You owe us for next season, right? Uh, it's that conversation all over again, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, this is every week. It's like the, the, it's like the dead ceiling, you know? <laughs> I like Just the like illusion. The Just uh, like the dead ceiling. Yes, go uh, you know, carry on. Take you know, Mr. Kuo, let's talk about the Singapore stock market as usual. Started the day higher thanks to that US debt ceiling issue. Uh, ended in the red. So how did the STI fare today? Any surprises, especially when we look at the biggest movers? Uh, a couple, yeah. Uh, I think, first of all, suddenly everybody realised that America was on holiday tonight will be on holiday tonight mm-hmm. so it's memorial day in america so they thought oh uh, let's just take our chips off the table for now and uh if we have any profit then let's go and take it so uh, if you have a look at the losers today jardine cycle and carriage uh, that was actually sort of down quite significantly today but that was primarily because since about march time until uh, fairly recently the shares are up around 20 percent. so i'm not entirely surprised that some people have decided that uh, it's time to take some profit. Maybe they just sold a few of their shares and that brought the share price down. But up at the top end of the market, a lot of the re- real estate investment trusts are there again, the REITs. And so maybe people are looking forward to what is going to happen at the next uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting. Will mm-hmm. they increase interest rates or will they uh, sit on their hands and do absolutely nothing? Uh, there have been quite a few rate-setting people yeah. uh, who've come out and talked and some say oh we need another interest rate hike Mm. whereas the majority of them say "Mm, probably not i I think we've done enough for now and let's just see how much damage we've done to the american economy so far 
Yeah. Uh, David, uh, earlier Tian brought up uh, Stamford Land, definitely a mm. company worth watching today. Their net profit rose to $184.5 million for its second half. That's higher than the $15.6 million year, the year-ago period. So to what extent is this uh, boosted by a disposable gain and to what extent can investors take heart in the company's financial performance? Uh, virtually all of it was actually sort of down to two disposals they made in Australia. And so uh, if you are a property company and you have some gains uh, that are likely, uh, why not sell your properties? Unless, of course, you're looking for rental uh, revenue. But I think in the case of Stanford Land, uh, they made some pretty good money over in Australia and they decided that the best thing to do would be to recycle uh, some of those uh, properties into cash. And that was... Uh, reflected in the results this time around. Uh, surprisingly, I mean, the dividend was still pretty meager. So maybe what Stanford Land is planning to do is to reinvest a lot of that money into new properties. So uh, investors just need to hold on. Uh, and it's a bit like, you know, most property companies. Uh, they are in the property business. But the fact that you've actually sold two properties at a fairly good price, it also means that if you're going to be going out and buying properties, mm. then you're going to have to be paying a lot more for yes. it. So uh, personally, I would have just sat on the two properties, but uh, I'm not Stanford Land and I have, I have no shares in Stanford Land. But uh, in their case, they decided that uh, money in their pocket is better than in somebody else's. We're on the line with David Kuo, co-founder of The Smart Investor. And in a while, Tintian is going to cover some of the broader markets overseas. Uh, David, just very quickly, just to close off some local companies, uh, talk a little bit about Tomasic, a quick one. Uh, headlines today saying that Tomasic cutting the compensation of its senior management and investment team involved in the failed investment in FTX. Um, what are you making of all of this? How should we look at it? Okay, do you, do you know what, Elliot? I think I'm in the minority of one here. Uh, uh, <laughs> that I am actually sort of standing alone. I, I just think that Tomasic is an investment company. Yeah. Right. I understand that it's using uh, Singapore's money to invest. But at the same time, not every investment will always pay off, right? There will, there will be uh, investments that you make that will go sour. And in mm. the case of FTX, it went bad pretty badly, I think, yeah. you know, for Thematic and for a lot of other investors. But to cut the salary of those people that were involved in that, uh, even though they were not to blame, I think the danger with that, Elliot, is that if you were one of those employees, would you ever dare to make an investment in any company ever again, knowing that even though it could pay off, it also means that it could go sour and it could mean that your pay could be cut again. I mean, those kind of companies, Tomasek, are in the risk-taking business. And if, if all investors, including myself, I mean, can you imagine that if, if I was penalized for every investment that didn't pay off, I would not invest in anything. I would just simply take the money and go off and buy Singapore bonds instead, right? Mm. And then that way nobody can criticize me. Yeah. So uh, whilst I understand that, yes, um, people have to do their due diligence. But after you've done the due diligence, and remember that Tomasic isn't the only company that lost money. There were other uh, finance companies that also lost money. And this was probably, I'm not saying it definitely is, because you still got to go through the courts. It was probably due to some kind of dubious activities within FTX. And if a company wants to conceal the fact that it was carrying out dubious activities, sure. You, you are never, ever going to find out. Mm. And to punish those people for investing in that company by cutting their salary, I think 
is sending the wrong message because mm. those people will never make an investment ever again yeah. unless they are 100% sure that it's going to make money. And there is no, no investment that is that guaranteed to make money every single time. Hmm, okay. And further away, uh, Mr. Kuo, let's talk about NVIDIA here. NVIDIA has unveiled more AI products after a $184 billion US dollar rally. Now, CEO Jensen Huang, he had argued that the traditional architecture of the tech industry is no longer improving fast enough for us to keep up with complex computing tasks. So companies need to use whatever accelerated computing and graphic processing units like those made by NVIDIA. How far can NVIDIA capitalize on this AI trend? Well, the question is, are they the only company capable of doing that? One of the big dangers is that, yes, sure, the share price has rallied. But when you have a look at the valuation on the share price, it's about 200 times sales, right? Not profit, 200 times forward sales. And so, therefore, one of the big dangers is that, yeah, at the moment, uh, they are the... um, uh, the only player in town, uh, but there are other players as well. Mm. It's been like sort of saying, oh, you know, how much is Ronaldo? Yeah, I mean, sure, you know, when he was good, he was the only player in town and people were prepared to pay an awful lot of money for mm. him, right? But ask Elliot, how much did, did Manchester United get rid of him for, yeah, in the end? And what that is one of the dangers. At the moment, it sounds like everything is centered around NVIDIA, but they are not the only chip maker in town. Other chip makers will come along and they may not be as good as NVIDIA, but then again, they may be better than NVIDIA. And so therefore, we have to be very careful and say that if you buy into this company now, you are hoping that uh, NVIDIA will continue to be uh, the gorilla in the, uh, in the marketplace mm. and that it will continue to deliver. Uh, and I'm not 100% sure that is going to be the case. Okay, and before we let you go, Mr. Ko, here's the big big thing that's been going on. U.S. President Joe Biden said yesterday that he had finalized this budget agreement with uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to suspend that $31.4 trillion U.S. dollar debt ceiling until 1st of January 2025. And that deal was ready to move to Congress for a vote. Question is, Mr. Ko, what is next? Well, uh, am I the only person that's not surprised that they came to an agreement? I mean, I've been saying this for so long, and everybody out there was saying, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen to the debt ceiling? Yeah, you're not alone. (laughs) I'm not alone. (laughs) Let me stifle a yawn now at the moment, because, I mean, this is probably the biggest yawn story out. I mean, this was two sides, the Republicans and the Democrats, all flexing their muscles, trying to show that I'm better than you and you you are not as good as I am. But eventually they, they arrive to the deal. What happens now is that uh, the two houses in America have to vote on this. Hopefully they will see sense and they will just simply pass that. But what it really means is that they have to be more careful with their finances in the future. And mm. uh, whilst they've actually overcome one hurdle, the big danger, of course, is that they will never learn their lesson. And uh, they will just carry on spending money like... Mm. Uh, like some people drink water, yeah, on a hot day. And one of the big dangers there, of course, is that uh, that debt ceiling, whilst it has been temporarily suspended, I have I have no doubt that it will just carry on rising, Kenya. Mm, I think maybe a better way to phrase it is drinking soft drinks because it's not good for you. <laughs> Low sugar, preferably, Tantian. Okay. Thanks a lot, Mr. Ko. You're that welcome. was David Ko, co-founder, The Smart Investor. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3.
Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.